Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. She is the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer and HR Strategist for Exodus Consulting Group, Sandy Harvey. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Um, we talked about titles. I know you're not big on titles, um, but you are also uh, an ordained minister um, and, yes. and pastor of Serenity Christian Church. Yes. Um, anything else that you would like to include as far as just making the people aware of, of, of who you are, kind of some of the things that you do? Well, sure. I mean, I will share a little bit about me. So excited to be here with you, Baxter E. Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sandy Harvey, you mentioned um, I am a leader of Exodus Consulting Group, and I also am a pastor. I am also a coach to other pastors across the country. So in addition addition to pastoring, I, I coach other pastors who are starting churches starting ministries. Um, So that's an important part of what I do. And I love the diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion space. Nice, nice. Well, I know we're going to get into some of that um, here shortly. Welcome. Thank you for for making the time. Um, You know, we've gotten to know each other a bit. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to, to learn more about you and then, you know, and also share with the audience some of the your insights and some of the, the you know, your perspective, but, you know, I think it's, uh, you think, you think diversity, equity, inclusion, you, and sometimes you, you think it's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love your perspective on it. And it's not necessarily very, it's not cookie cutter, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're a true, you know, true advocate in this space and, you know, and you know, a few things. So um, I'm excited to, to, you know, learn more about you and talk more about some of that stuff. Awesome. Um, so, so um, your background is, is HR. Talk about the, the work that you, you guys are doing at Exodus and specifically the diversity piece. Why is it so important to you? Sure. Um, So I initially way, 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 way back when before people even thought about anything, um, (laughs) I started out in financial services. So that was a long time ago and actually grew up through um, training and development. And that's how I went into HR. So I would create Mm. trainings. I would create, you know, um, all staff days, things of that sort, all of the, the fun things. And then I went into HR. And so the work that we mainly focus on um, at Exodus is around um, leadership advisory and engagement. You know, um, what's the leadership development? Because oftentimes what we've experienced is that we have people in positions that aren't prepared to be in the positions that they're in. And, you know, that's that even comes out in the retention and people it's like people don't leave their company. They leave their boss. And and so that is a big piece. And especially when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, because if leaders are not informed and if they're not engaged and equipped, it is very difficult for them to even uh, promote or exercise 
any type of diversity and inclusion initiative for any company. So I don't walk in and assume that all the leaders are on board and everybody's held accountable. That is a misnomer. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the, they're ready for you to tell them what, what they're doing wrong. And yeah. 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 So I had a conversation earlier today about um, it, it's a an association, not mm-hmm. not something that we were getting paid for, but uh, this person and I, we both members, and we were saying these people um, that were leading this thing—they're good. They're nice people. They just weren't really good leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that in every you know people get titles, but they're not necessarily understand that like the responsibility that it comes from comes with it whether it's something that's more of nonprofit, more of a you know a group or a club or association or in corporate america we see a lot of that what do you think um is the biggest challenge for new leaders um maybe first-time leaders um moving from like one role where they're sort of an individual contributor and then like moving into this role like what what are some of the things that 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 they need the most sort of uh, assistance with? Oh, gosh, Uh, you just opened up a whole can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I did a workshop um, last week for new leaders. It was management one-on-one. And really the most important thing that I think will help leaders um, is emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of leaders, especially if you're moving from an individual contributor role into a leadership role, you aren't really self-aware. You don't even, you may not even know what that is, but it is making sure that, okay, I know how to manage my emotions. I know what my triggers are, you know, all of that. And then look at it from a perspective of how I am responding in order to get the best out of my team. So I think that, that that's not only for new managers, that's for existing leaders. Absolutely. That's for everybody, you know, anybody can do that. And I think one of the challenges that I've been hearing for people that move from individual contributor to leader is like some of them now are leading their peers. These are people that, you know, we hung out with, we, we were at the water cooler together, we yeah. talked about other people, and it's like, oh, okay, now I'm leading those same people. How do I transition into that? That inclusion piece is really important is because you have to think about it from the standpoint of how can I let these people know I'm the same person, you know, or, or I'm connected to them but then also help guide them and be a part of the team so they know, well, I'm not just your leader telling you what to do, but I'm also a team. And often we forget that. Yeah, yeah. And and there's sometimes it goes to, to the new leader's head, their new position. But many times I feel like it's the people, it's the, the peer, the former peers mm-hmm. that have the biggest, you know, uh, problem adjusting mm-hmm. and and it makes it difficult for because yeah we were just talking trash about yeah. that manager <laughs> at the water cooler and now you're yeah. you're the person you're you're the new person in charge um in sales I see it I've seen it my whole career where 
high achieving salespeople are, uh, they don't know where to put us. And they're like, well, well, I guess the next step, it should be, you know, management of some kind. And most of the time it's not the best. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, emotional intelligence is, there's a lot of layers to that, to that onion. In addition to to that, what are some other pieces that if you had like a little starter kit for 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 for, for leaders, um, whether they're trying to reset and, mm. and and you know they've been doing it for 15 years or whether they're new to their to their leadership position, what would be like the little starter kit? What, what couple of things that they would kind of take with them in addition to that emotional intelligence to, to start that career? Yeah. So emotional intelligence is is one. Um, I think another one that I find people are lacking is communication skills. And it is it has been so strange over this past, you know, especially this year that I'm reteaching, refacilitating communication one on one. Like mm. I'm, I'm starting from scratch of how to be a good listener, you know, how to you know, say what you want to say, knowing everybody's style is different. How do I get my point across? Um, So communication is key. Emotional intelligence is key. Um, Trust and transparency has been super huge too, you know, um, in leadership. That has been, I would say that's almost my number one workshop is leading with trust and transparency. Because you can be in a leadership role and people don't trust you. They, they won't tell you things. They won't provide you input and insight. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't happen. And so if you can't build trust with your team members, that's, that becomes, it, it makes it very difficult to lead the team. You are absolutely right. Um, I think that uh, since the pandemic has started, there's a lot of uh, just unknowns. Mm-hmm. And I think that most people in most industries, there was a, you know, whether a small amount or up to a very large amount of uncertainty and people just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. They didn't even want to, they didn't even want to hear everything's great. They just wanted to hear some honesty. Right. Even if it was, look, I'm not sure about right this or that but here's what I do know right but just right. look into that from their from their leadership do, yes. do you feel like um and I, I think we we you know I'm guilty of you know doing it with my spouse right um mm-hmm. we obviously you know do, do some of the similar things with our children where we don't we don't want to upset them and so we mm-hmm. don't share certain things from a leadership standpoint talk about finding that balance between you don't want to pull the, you know, break glass and, you know, in emergency and pull, you know, pull the fire alarm. But you also want to want to be honest and transparent with kind of the status of the company, the organization and direction and all that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, there, you're spot on because there is a balance. And the reality is, is that we have to find a way to say, you know what, this is what I know and what I can share. And when you're when you're open like that. Or, you know, even understanding that this is what I know at this point as the leader, 
I don't know much. And so I'm just letting you know that something is coming down the pike and I'm not sure, but being, you know, open enough and being transparent enough to say, you know, where you are, what you know, um, and you do it in a responsible way. So you can't say, oh yeah, we're about to merge with someone. I know I'm not supposed to tell you, but you know, not right. don't be irresponsible <laughs> in leadership. Right. But be, you know, responsible to 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 make sure that you are preparing your team and equipping with equipping them with the tools and resources that they need. Because I feel like, you know, it goes a long way when folks know that you can be trusted and that you're being honest with them. You know, yeah. I want people to say, Sandy's gonna tell me as much as she knows and as much as she can because she wants me to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, you are, you know, you're, you're coaching, uh, all aspects of, 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 you know, leaders, but I, I still consider you sort of an HR sort of strategist. Um, and you know, I deal with, with HR, you know, the, the, those are my folks, you guys are my, are my mm-hmm. people. Um, and I've come across a lot of people who are, looking to transition into HR recently. They have these skills that they deem they deem this they're transferable. And I think there's a, a case that could be made. Um, how would you uh, suggest someone who's coming from a different field, not someone coming out of college necessarily? I guess I guess that you could answer that question too, like folks trying to break into the, the workforce that are looking for HR and then maybe some advice for folks that are making a, you know, changing sort of fields and looking to, to, you know, they have eight, nine, 10 years of experience, but, but HR is something that, that would be new to them. Can you speak to like advice that you would give those folks as they try to enter into this, to this world of human resources? Yes. I mean, the, the, and it's not to dissuade people, but my first question is why? So why, why do you wanna do this? And then I listen to the answers. Um, because HR is so complex and there are so many different disciplines, you know, you have compensation, you have employee relations, you have labor relations, you have, I mean, you have all of these different pieces that depending on where, what you're doing in what size organization, you could be the only person, you know, most companies don't have a compensation analyst, but in larger companies, they may have that. Most companies don't have an HRIS database manager, but in the company they will. So I asked the question why I think um, one of the things that I would focus on if I was providing advice to someone that wanted to transition or new into the field is really help them understand that the new way of HR is a strategic thinker. Mm. Um, So it's not a very, it's not a tactical compliance like it used to be, Mm. but it's more of a strategic thinker and a collaborator. So you have to be able to get along with others on other teams, that's finance, that's IT, you know, that's your facilities, that's everybody. You have to be able to collaborate and be respected by those other teams and be strategic in the process. Also technical skills are extremely important um, as an HR person. 
And I think that that's what set, that's what would set somebody apart and higher than someone else is to say, okay, I can be a strategic thinker. I know, you know, not just my area, I am familiar with other areas as well, being a generalist, for instance. They got to play, they got to play, play nice. Play nice. Yeah. It's not, it's not HR and this, this because I'm HR and I know it's not, it's not that that world is gone. And, you know, for a lot of companies, HR is not respected. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure to me, HR is the heartbeat of any organization. And if HR is, doesn't have a good heartbeat, then it filters out to everybody else. Yeah, I, I feel like th- these conversations come up a lot um, during during my podcast uh-huh, because there's there's these HR many times, whether it's true or not, it's just perception. They're on this island mm. many times. And then what you talked about is the strategic piece, this collaborative piece. Mm-hmm. How do you get these... Um, these these HR folks that may be sort of even if it's if, even if it's multiple people they're like how do you get them at the table with the with the rest of the leaders where they really belong mm-hmm. how, how do you get them to be heard and to you know make sure that they're presenting the value that they bring to the right. org yeah I mean it that that is a very good point of how HR leaders and how HR team members can be strategic is to know how what you do fits into the overall organization. You know, to know, okay, not just salary, but benefits. Okay, if I'm a strategic thinker, are there ways to increase my benefits at a lower level? I mean, a lower cost. Um, Am I able to, when you're talking about influencing and being collaborative, that means I need to know about finance. I need to be meeting with these individuals one-on-one and, and get myself, if I'm not at the table, get myself invited to the table. Um, and then when you're at the table, speak up because there, the HR also has to be the one to say, this is going to hurt or help employees. Yeah. You know, it's going to negatively impact them or, you know, it will this will enhance what we're doing now. But there's nothing worse than HR one not being at the table, but then two being at the table and not saying anything. Yeah. So when you get invited. Don't come empty hand. Don't come. Do your homework. Yeah. It's almost like we were in school. Do do your homework. And to know, you know, make sure that HR is on the agenda. Something from HR. Um, I've always believed that you have metrics. You know, you you need metrics on, you know, um, days open, days to fill. You know, for recruiting. You know, you need to be aware of how many people are on leave. Yes, it's a number, but it's it's a number that means something and has a, a financial value that you can share with your colleagues. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the uh, popular terms is like knowing your why. Yeah. But it's popular because there's truth to it. And and, and I think um, the, you know, whether you have an organization that has 100 employees or 1,000 or 10,000, 
people need to know the, the, the role that they're doing, how it impacts the, everyone else, right? And I think the more investment that you have, um, the more engagement that you that you receive from those folks, and you're going to get a happier, probably more productive uh, team member, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I, good to ask them. What what I've learned is that you know people are sitting around the table. We can come up with a whole lot of things. I mean, in my own mind, I can create a movie by myself. So I don't, I could just like you know this the beginning and the end. But the reality is, if I never ask people and get their insider input, I I don't know. I've just made stuff up. I just said, oh, well, you know, I think we should do this for team members. If people don't like pizza or don't want a pizza party, <laughs> why are you going to throw a pizza party? You know, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you got to know what drives them and what they want. 25% of them lactose intolerant. Yeah. The other, the, another 25% gluten, gluten intolerant. You ain't, what kind of pizza are you going to have? They don't right. even want pizza. Yeah. Right? Or vegan or, you know, yeah. Right. So, so I think that there's um, what I'm hearing from you and what I've heard from other HR leaders is, it's these it's these silos that we operate in mm-hmm. and just from a generic communications you know you talk about this you know this movie you know we can tell ourselves a story and all we need is one person to mm-hmm. agree with us mm-hmm. and now it's true mm-hmm. not the person that i got the problem with mm-hmm. or the perceived problem but my friend who said yeah yeah bags yeah yeah, Sandy, yeah, Sandy, yeah. She she sound like she's tripping. Now we never yeah. talked to Sandy. Yep. Cause cause communication, and you mentioned this earlier, is not being able to speak well, which I've learned. It don't matter how you speak if, if it's not connecting with the audience that you're trying mm-hmm. to connect with, right? How how can people be sure that they that they are approachable that that they that their door that people feel like their leaders doors are actually open and that there's a it ain't just open physically but that you right. feel comfortable walking in and 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 sharing and, and, and it's a safe space yeah i mean that's super huge and i'll give you an example um i had a team member um i was vp um over HR talent. And I had uh, someone, a team member come in and say, you know, Sandy, do you have a few minutes? And I'm like, sure, you know, come on in. But inadvertently, I had looked at my watch. And they said, you know, do you have time? And I said, yeah, why? Well, you look down at your watch when I asked you that question. And that's not the first time that you've done that. So now it's unconscious to me but I'm really saying, you know, how long is this going to take me when I'm looking at my watch and someone asked me, can I come in? Do you have a few minutes to talk? So the open door is, yeah, physically you can open the door, but then also we have to take time and disconnect from things sometimes to make sure we're paying attention to people yes. who are really saying, 
do you have a few minutes or can I talk to you about this? And I find, you know, that means locking your computer, turning away from your computer, or that means getting up from your office and going to a conference room or getting on Zoom and meeting with someone one-on-one. So we have to be intentional about making sure that we are communicating well and intentionally with somebody else. And you can do it virtually, but I just, I, I bring that up as that was something that I didn't know that I did, that somebody trusted me enough to say, hey, you, you're doing this. Are you sure you have enough time? I'm like, I thank you for sharing that because I didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you could be looking to see exactly how much time you have Right. But it's perceived as something else. How is it perceived? <laughs> so, gosh. So when, when you talk about the, the, you know, having that time, is it is it OK to sometimes say, you know what, I don't have time right now, but let's put something on the calendar? Yeah, because I, I generally ask, you know, I know to ask now, you know, is this something that's urgent? And then they're like, oh, no, we can talk about it in the morning. Great you know, let's, let's talk about it, you know, at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Let's talk about it first thing in the morning. But sometimes we don't even ask that. We will say, okay, come in. And then we have this rushed demeanor as though we're really being open with the person that's saying, I just need some time from you. But if now's not the right time, or if you have, you know, you got to get something to the CEO, you may say, well, I'm available after three o'clock, you know, yeah. will that work for you? It's, it's being aware and being honest of, everybody knows we're moving a hundred miles a minute. And I think that that, if there's one recommendation that I've had with leaders is slow down and make sure that you are taking time to communicate effectively with your team members. I've had team members say, if my, if my leader would just put good morning at the top of the email, I would feel a whole lot better. And I'm like, come on, y'all. This is very basic stuff. We can say, hope you had a great weekend before you say, when are you going to have this done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, little it, things. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. So we talked about this open door policy. What about when folks are uh, working remote mm -hmm. and and their uh, their teams thing it says is you know it's red. It's, I mean, is they're in a meeting or they're unavailable, and 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 you don't have dedicated time um, for everyone on on your calendar as a leader. Uh, do you suggest having like how do you suggest making sure that you, you're keeping people engaged? Yes. When when they're physically, you guys are physically not in the same space anymore. Uh, so now you're like, we can go for a whole nother hour now. I know. I know. <laughs> That'll be the next. Yeah. Next conversation like that. Well, well, one is and I, I, I'll pose this in two different ways. One is since the pandemic, um, poor leaders were poor leaders before we went to work from home they were, and now it's magnified and it seems like the poor leaders are micromanaging. Mm. Um, and then you have the sense of, okay, people are working from home in the back of some leaders' minds, they're like, oh, they're not really working. Mm. 
I wonder if they're working. Mm. They may be at the mall or they may be, you know, at the grocery store. And so the reality is that goes back to that trust piece. I always think it's important to set up time with your team, but I also balance that with the fact of setting up time with my team. Even if I did that weekly or biweekly, I don't want to overdo it because I want them to feel like they're comfortable you know, coming to talk to me whenever they want to, yeah. but I don't want them to feel like I'm micromanaging them and they can't do, you know, I don't trust you enough to go a whole week without talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you want to make sure you know that they know that you're there, but if you're just putting stuff on the, on the calendar, just to have just it. To, yeah. Why are you doing that? Why, yeah. why, um, there, there's, um, uh, uh, a, a kind of infographic that's called wait, but it's, it's why are you talking? You know, why am I talking? And, and so essentially it's like, are you just talking to talk or are you setting up a meeting just to set up a meeting? Yeah. Like, is there not an agenda? Because if your meeting doesn't have an agenda, then it's not really a meeting. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Just checking yeah. in to see if they there. I want to, I want to catch you at eight o'clock in the morning to just see if you there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the, 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 the poor leaders are, they don't know where they, they don't, they're they're trying to show their value and they don't know how to do that um, because they're poor leaders, right? That doesn't mean that they, they'll always be poor leaders. They need to talk to, talk to you at Exodus and, and get some skills, but in our seriousness, they they don't know they they want people back in the office so they can watch walk, but because the, they don't have any they're, they're they're not doing anything else, and that shouldn't be our fault. Yeah, I think some I think some leaders are their personality is such that they need people back in the office to be back around them, but the way I've tried to help leaders transition to this new reality is that you can do that same type of connection virtually. And so figure out, you know, if I need to draw energy from, if you're an extrovert and you need to draw energy from your team, figure out how to engage your team. So if we're on, let's, maybe we're doing a trivia at two o'clock on Friday. Maybe we're doing, you know, um, pasta, a pasta lunch, and everybody brings their pasta dish, and we're just talking about. If you want to engage people, yeah. engage really engage them, and that means that sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone in order to be able to do that effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think that yeah, the communication one hundred and one, all of these things. Um, you know, we're gonna need people have needed more refreshers because of, because their world is changing as far as what their, what their expectations are and kind of how they, how they have operated for, for years and years in, in the workforce. It's just, it's just not the same anymore. And some of us are a little more rigid and a little more adverse to, to the, to the changes that's happening. Um, I, I want to shout out the millennials, uh, because Dr. Mary Cooney said that the millennials helped us stay, helped us transition 
mm-hmm. to, re- to the remote because of the way that the millennials kind of entered the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. And have, you know, have asked for that, for that balance, right? So that's why you, um, you have to have a diverse workforce so that you can learn, yes. you know, um, so that all of the generations can teach each other things, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have value. We that's all right. have value. We just, you know, it has to be, people have to know that, that just because you're 24 or 34 that mean that these people know stuff too you know yeah. and just because you're 64 or 74 doesn't mean that you you, you know <laughs> that you don't know anything or to think or what you know isn't isn't relevant anymore right. um but the, it also goes the same for um cultural diversity mm-hmm. and 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 everything else talk about the importance of of diversity and 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 why not only does it is it the right thing to do but talk about it from a business standpoint and and the advantages that uh organizations see when they do have a diverse uh uh, talent you know kind of absolutely you know i mean the, the the ROI is there of why it's important to have diverse talent. I mean, anywhere from 24 to, to 40% increase in revenue and profitability when you have gender and racial diversity at the highest levels within your organization. When we're talking about inclusion, you know, one, one small premise that I think about is to treat others as they would like to be treated. That's the golden rule. I mean, that's the platinum rule. Platinum, you yes. know, is that how does somebody else want to be treated? Um, instead of thinking about, well, I'm going to treat them like I want to be treated. Well, you know, f- for a lot of people, um, and, and I use this even when I facilitate uh, leadership groups, I don't like chocolate. So you can buy me all the chocolate in the world. And I'm like, you know nothing about me. You don't care about me because you're getting me what you want not what I want. And so when we think about in the workplace, we just assume people's needs are the same and that's not true. But when we get to know each other on a one-on-one basis, as a leader, I am responsible for doing that. I am accountable for my team. I'm accountable to my team, but I have to make sure that I know them well enough and provide the psychological safety for them to be able to share Sandy, I don't have what I need, or I'm just having a bad day. You know, we can't talk today. Can we talk tomorrow? And because I know them and I know that they're a good worker, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, let's let's recap and let's redo this tomorrow. You know, but, but I know them and I know the intent, but I also assume good intention. And I never, you know, as a leader, there's nothing worse than leading thinking that everybody's against you. everybody's cheating (laughs) yeah or people aren't working you know i'm like why lead if that's how you have to lead right that's right that's right you you, you're stressing yourself out you're stressing everybody else out um not not the most uh effective way to to lead um i know we're, we're running up against it do you have a couple of extra minutes Sure. Yes. Okay. Because there's a couple other things I want to make sure that we cover it. But if we didn't, I, you know, I want I, I want to be conscious of that. Um, I, I first want to uh, just talk about um, in AAA HR. Mm-hmm. 
Dr. Lee, shout out to Dr. Lee. Um, I think that that's where we met. Um, mm-hmm. Was that at an event? Years ago. Yeah, the um, uh, National African Americans, or is it National Association of African Americans and Human Resources? Yes. Yes, yes. So the Michigan chapter, um, I mean, talk about the, the group of, of people that you've met over the years uh, there and just talking about diversity. Uh, when Dr. Lee was on, we talked about the fact that there's a lot of not only is HR sitting feeling like they're sitting on the island many times, when you are black in HR, mm-hmm. you really feel like you're on an island, right? Like talk mm-hmm. about the community and the uh, the the the, the w- what's being built, what Dr. Yes. Lee's been a part of, what you've been a part of, sort of building with the HR chapter, uh, the Michigan chapter. Yes. So, I mean, NAAA HR is a way for people to get connected. So I tell people all the time, you know, if you want to meet other African-Americans in HR, that is a good place to connect. It's a statewide, you know, association, Um, but especially virtually now, you know, even when I hop on these, these calls, each call is very different because there are different people on there. And so, you know, I try not to miss them, but I realize it's an opportunity if, if it's a safe place because it's an opportunity for people to be connected. But then also if you're looking to connect to another organization or if you're looking for an opportunity, it is a good networking group in order to be able to find your next space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, the networking, the, 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 the community, the bouncing of ideas, right. Yeah. The, Hey, here's what I'm working on. Have you, are you, have you done something similar or, you know, um, help, let me help you walk you through this. Cause I've, I've done it before. Um, so yeah, shout out to the incredible work that Dr. Lee and the entire group is doing. And I include the members in too, because, without the, the members then it ain't nothing there so shout out to NAAA HR and um and just another opportunity to um to sort of join forces and, and have an additional layer of support I, I think yeah. it's I think it's huge um I I would I want to talk about um the coaching that you do well first of all the the, the church okay. um you know, you are an ordained uh, minister, you're pastor, you uh, co-pastor with, with your husband, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Talk about that experience. And, you know, I know that faith is woven into your, you know, everything that you do and it's, you know, big part of who you are. So talk about, about that and um, how, how you kind of navigate between, you know, the, the corporate <laughs> world and, and, you know. Uh, well, you know, I feel very fortunate because um, I don't, I don't find navigating difficult. Um, my husband founded the church uh, 27 years ago. 
Um, so he, he founded the church, um, Serenity Christian Church in Hazel Park. And um, so everybody knows, everybody that knows me knows I talk about John Harvey. So, you know, the John Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I enjoyed the work. Um, the coaching is not different. Uh, I coach pastors that are starting uh, new congregations or new ministries. Um, I have five five that I'm coaching now across the country. So everybody's in a different space. But I look at, you know, each of it, each of being a leader and being a pastor as an entrepreneurial venture. And sure. to me, it's the same exact, you need the yeah. same skills, you need to be engaged with people. I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's not sure. different. Sure, <laughs> sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, and so even leaders, even if you're leading an HR team or you're leading a particular department, you have to be entrepreneurial. You have to be um, connected to people. You have to be, you know, transparent. You can't always be right. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and faith to me is extremely important because it is a ruler by which not only do I measure myself by, but then also the work that I do, is it excellent? Every I wake up every day and making sure if I can't give my clients the excellent and best work possible, I'm slacking. I gotta get, I gotta do better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and that's how, you know, that's how I want to live my life is to live it in an excellent way, unapologetically. Um, because women sometimes can be viewed as, you know, aggressive when you're confident. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, why is it different for women? You know, right. why, why do men get to be, you know, assertive and then women are aggressive? I don't understand. Right. So it's having being open to have those type of conversations, but it all goes together to me. It's all one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, you know, it, it comes down to the people, Right. And how are you going to engage those folks? Like you said, um, it, you know, we're simplifying it quite a bit, but ultimately when you boil it down, yeah. I mean, like you said, you have to have that sort of entrepreneurial spirit. You know, when, when I had led a team, um, yeah, we were part of a bigger sort of thing, but we, I had to make sure that my people were taken care of. And I wanted to lead by example and that excellence that you speak of, you know, I wanted to make sure that they were getting the best of me um, mm -hmm. because I feel like that's what they deserve. Mm -hmm. That's what they deserve. And then we can move and then, you know, represent ourselves well when we talk to the rest of the departments and, and, and make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable so that we can um, have the confidence to hold other people accountable as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just uh, first just salute to, to you. Um, I finally met John Harvey um, <laughs> not yes, too long did. ago. Um, and I just, you know, just the delight that that kind of that you guys have. It's just it's it's it's, it's comforting to be around. Um, I just want to salute you for the all the work that you're doing. And um, just, you know, I'm honored to 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 be to to be an associate of yours, you know, I'm excited about the report that we're building. And I think it's important for, for folks to know that there's there's people out here that are doing excellent work 
that not only are good people, but they know their stuff too. <laughs> it is not, you ain't just nice. You know what I'm you're talking smart. about. <laughs> I do. I try. I want, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the old folks say it's, it's, you know, it's more than a notion. Uh, you know you can't just nice your way through everything you have to know you know it doesn't mean you know everything but you need to right. know the questions to ask you need to be humble enough to when you when you don't That's know right. to, to and and I you know and everything that I've seen from you says that you you get it you get it so well, I try I appreciate it you know I mean humility to me because I know we all have so much more to learn you, you, we all need to be humble. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, you know, we, we talked about, you know, leadership, new leaders, old leaders, um, you know, new leaders in the corporate world, new, new leaders, you know, pastor in the church. Um, we, we talked about that diversity and sort of what the, what that means, right? Um, it's not just one thing. Um, it's, it's it's you know diverse ideas, um, yeah. cultural, gender, um, generational. As as a uh, as a HR leader yourself, as a, as a sort of a strategist, what is one thing that you are are are, are dealing with? Um, maybe not since the pandemic, but just in general, since you've started coaching, not just the company that, you know, maybe in, in your world, but like when you've gone out and, and met these different leaders in, in these different stages of their career, what gives you the most hope about sort of um, these, these, these new leaders um, as, you know, in, in this very strange different world since 2020 like what are you most hopeful about Sandy um I would say for me uh, what I've seen is I've engaged with leaders that have willing been willing to take a step back and reflect on themselves so through because I do a lot of uh diversity equity and inclusion and belonging work I get people to really say, okay, now wait a minute. If my goal is to pull people in, I can't run them away. Mm, hello. <laughs> so how can I do better? And the one thing I would say for me since the pandemic that the one word that I use is grace. Mm. Is can I extend grace to myself, but then also can I extend grace to other people? So it's not, it's unfair to ask somebody to do something that you won't even do yourself. That's right. Don't ask nobody to be a better leader and you won't, <laughs> don't ask anybody to be a better communicator and you're not communicating, you know? So it's kind of like thinking about what can I do better to be better, to better impact those that are around me. Um, and, and so that really boils down to some of the stuff that I've seen as leaders are willing to say, I want to do more in the work of inclusion. And I realize it starts with me. So that in itself is a great place to start. And all of these companies, I feel like I'm just, each one reach one. That's what my husband says. He's like, yeah. just 
if you focus on one person, then you can make an impact in the world. That's right. No, it's a, yeah. Again, boiling it down, right, and just focusing on the things that we can control and 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 right. things, you know, and then those people will be inspired to do the same thing. And next thing you know, you you, you got some. Yeah, you got something, um, Sandy. If if people want to connect with you, if they're looking for coaching, if they're looking for speaking, like how can how can folks find you? Absolutely. So. People can find me at exodusconsultinggroup.com. That's my website. Um, I am Sandy Lynn Harvey on all social media platforms. Well, I'll just say the four top. I am not on all social media (laughs) platforms because I don't have that much time. But you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, both Exodus Consulting Group and Sandy uh, Harvey. So I am always open to having conversations and really appreciate, you know, having this time to kind of chat with you. Oh, well, well thank you. Thank you for uh, joining my frequency. I always feel like I'm actually joining my guest frequency and um, I, I, you know, continue to learn more about you. And um, if it's, possible i've you know become even more impressed by by what what you're doing i you know being in this people business it ain't easy you know (laughs) i'm on the double people business i'm in the church people business and i'm in the corporate people business yeah that's that's daunting that's daunting but um i just want to say on on behalf of sandy um i am baxter e hall Thank you guys for uh, checking out the conversation. Please like, subscribe, share all that good stuff. Don't be stingy. If it's something that you found some value in, there may be others. Um, And I I want to encourage everyone to embrace your your own frequency, right? You are more than enough. You just have to find your frequency. So until next time, um, welcome again to Baxter's Buzz. Peace.